Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. Exodus chapter 27 verse 20 speaks about the holy place within the tabernacle and calls that place the tent of meeting. To God's Old Testament people, it represented their corporate interaction with God. Bible scholars have long realized that to us, the New Testament Christians, this sanctuary in the tabernacle is a picture of the gathering of the believers, the meetings of the church. How to meet as seen by the activities in the holy place. This is our theme on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Brother Ron Kangas has joined us again. And Ron, we have another bend in the road today. The scenery is about to change as we progress in this marvelous series of messages on the tabernacle. Yes, the road is bending and the scenery is changing. But intrinsically, we're talking about the same thing because the priesthood is actually the tabernacle by another name. And in this message, we have a further word concerning the marvelous connection between the lighting of the lamps and the priestly garments and the priesthood. Uh, In considering this message, I was so happy and so enlightened by the Lord's grace to see this wonderful connection through our brother's ministry. It is marvelous. He he brought these two verses that are... Well, to us, we might say tacked on, it seems, uh, in a natural understanding to chapter 27 as it transitions to chapter 28. The whole topic is changing now. We've had all of this detailed look at the tabernacle and the outer court and all of these items. And then 28 goes into the garments uh, of the priests as they are going to serve in the tabernacle. But inserted here are these two curious verses. Let's read them. This is verses 20 and 21 again from chapter 27, the last two verses in chapter 27 of Exodus. And you shall command the children of Israel to bring to you pure oil of beaten olives for the light, to make the lamps burn continually. In the tent of meeting, outside the veil which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall set it in order from evening to morning before Jehovah. It shall be a perpetual statute to be observed throughout their generations by the children of Israel." Ron, why is the placement of these verses noteworthy? These verses show the connection between the lighting of the lamps, which in spiritual reality has something to do with the meetings of the church, and the priesthood in particular with the garments of the priesthood. So there is a connection between the lighting of the lamps, that is the causing of the light to ascend, to illuminate the place of meeting, and the garments of the priests. And the garments signify expression, and this expression is really something of Christ lived out from within us. So then there's a connection between our functioning as priests to cause the light of life to shine in the meetings, and our living as priests to have the expression of Christ as signified by the garments. 
Well, Ron, these two verses about the lighting of the lamp and also keeping the light lit are followed immediately by the description of the robe, the garment that the priests had to wear before they could enter the holy place. In messages coming up, we'll look at these garments in much more detail. But today, at least it's important to realize that without these garments in their full detail, the priest simply was not qualified and was not allowed to enter into the tabernacle and light the lamp. We're going to see today that this garment as the qualification for the lighting of the lamp is very significant. Let's join Witness Lee. The uh, tabernacle is not only God's dwelling place. It's a meeting place. It is a tent of the meeting of the children of Israel. So to light the lamp is very much concerned with the meeting of the people of God. To light the lamp is related to the way we meet. To meet properly is to light the lamps. We come together by one way. Yeah, by the way to light the lamps. What we are doing now? What are you doing by singing a song? Even to sing a hymn is to light the lamp. To give a testimony. To share something in the meeting. That is to light the lamps. Meeting together is to light the lamps in the sanctuary. This one thing comprises all the spiritual points of Christian life. It compresses your experience of the embodied God. It compresses your experience of the divine nature, of the higher uplifted humanity of Jesus that burns to give light before God and before his testimony. And this light of the lamps that means this coming together comprises the experience of God's Spirit as the oil pressed out of the olive tree. It comprises your experiences of Christ through incarnation, living on this earth, of Christ through crucifixion, of the cross of Christ, of the resurrection of Christ. So, this coming together to light the lamps comprises all these points of our Christian life. It comprises all aspects we expressed of Christ. Suppose I only have the priest of long robe without effort, without breastplate, without a turban upon me. That doesn't qualify you. You are short of the expression of Christ. And this is why many of us coming to the meeting, yet we cannot light the lamp. But some dear ones, when they open up the mouth, they just release a few words. We all realize the light ascending and the darkness is just vanishing. So, dear saints, how much this sanctuary 
is in light. It all depends upon how much we are qualified. How much do we wear Christ? How much do we express Christ? And how much is compressed of all those spiritual, divine, holy points in our Christian life? Ron, there were a couple of very meaningful points in this first section. Let's spend a little time on both if we could. First, the sanctuary or the holy place is likened to the meeting or gathering of the New Testament believers. And the lighting of the lamp is related to how Christians should meet. How do we see this analogy, Ron? The tabernacle is not only a place of dwelling, it is also a place of meeting. So in its aspect as a dwelling place, the tabernacle signifies the church, the corporate, the enlarged Christ, Christ with the believers, as God's dwelling place today. In the aspect of the tent of meeting, which is a term used to describe the tabernacle, the tabernacle points to the gatherings or the meetings of the church. So the lighting of the lamps, especially as it's understood in connection with the priesthood, with the priestly garments, is vitally related to the church meetings. The fact that the lamp is in the holy place, the sanctuary, a sphere of meeting, indicates that in the meetings of the church, there should be some kind of function that causes light to shine. If we are in a genuine and proper church meeting, there should be the shining of light. If there is not, then there's a question about the nature of that gathering. Then another point is that, of course, our understanding of the meetings being derived from the New Testament is one in which all the members of the body can function according to their measure, and we don't ascribe to the traditional clergy-laity notion. So in the church meetings, there needs to be the function of the members whether it's in sharing a testimony and speaking a word and calling a hymn in prayer. The point here is that everything we do in the meetings of the church should cause light to shine. So on the one hand, the church meetings are a sphere of enlightenment. On the other hand, everything we do in this sphere should cause light to shine. There are a number of conditions for us to function in a way that will cause the lamps to be lit, that is to cause light to shine. And this has very much to do with the priestly garments, hence this crucial connection between the two chapters, 27 and 28. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute, these garments. These were the qualifiers for the priest. What do they signify in, in a general way? Well, garments throughout the scripture signify expression especially the expression of our virtues and attributes in our living. So in brief, the garments signify the expression of Christ. Now, if we come into an assembly, a church meeting, and we just express ourselves, even our natural virtue, there will be no light. Instead, there'll be darkness and even death because we haven't fulfilled the condition of lighting the lamps, which is to be clothed with Christ as our living expression. You have a word in John 7. 
It's really related to certain ones marveling at the Lord's speaking. They said that we never heard a man speak like this. And the Lord went on to explain, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. So this is the expression of the self, not the expression of Christ. Glory is a matter of expression. So if we're in a meeting or someone is ministering in a meeting, speaking from the self, expressing the self, there will not be light. Rather, there'll be darkness and death. But if someone has been dealt with by the cross and is learning to speak in oneness with the Lord and expresses Christ, then that expression will be the basis for the shining of light in the meetings, not only by the individual members, but even by and in the meeting as a whole. So I treasure this point in its reality and practicality. Well, in this section just ahead, we're going to come to the lamp a little bit and specifically what keeps the lamp lit, and that most certainly is the oil. Let's go back to Witness Lee. When you come to the meeting to light the lamp, with what we light? With what? Probably there's no lampstand, no embodiment of the triune God. Probably there's no wake, no humanity of Christ. Probably we are short of oil. When we come together, whatever we would utter, it has to be the pure oil of olive tree. This burns to give light. That can natural shouting doesn't cause the holy light to ascend. It doesn't give light. So the cross must work on us. The olive tree wouldn't throw the growing on this earth, wouldn't throw the cutting, the crossing out, the crucifixion, and enter into resurrection. And this oil is olive oil, pure without natural element in it. Now, I believe you could see the priesthood is needed for the lighting of the lamps and the priest's garments are needed also. When we come together, we shouldn't forget that is a meeting in God's dwelling place. It's not a small thing. We are not meeting in a stadium for a ball game. I don't mean this hall is a sanctuary. I don't mean that. But our gathering must be a sanctuary. The meeting together of the saints, of us, must be a sanctuary. We must remember that we are in the holy gathering of the saints, which means the gathering is the sanctuary of God. We light the lamps in this sanctuary, in the tent of the meeting, our gathering in the holy place. Whether we meet under a roof, or we meet in a park under the trees, not the place, but our gathering is the holy place. We must behave, we must shout, we must call, we must sing, we must praise in a way to cause the holy light 
to our sin. That is to light the lamps in God's sanctuary. The light may shut up all the darkness. Well, Ron, to keep the lamp lit, the necessary element certainly was the olive oil. The lamps need a continual supply of oil to stay lit. If we're to have the experience of divine light in our own gatherings, we then, as the priests, have to bring this oil into the meeting. Ron, what is the oil in our experience, and where do we get it? How do we get it? The oil signifies the Spirit, the Spirit of God, which has become the Spirit of Christ, even the all-inclusive, life-giving Spirit through Christ's incarnation, human living, crucifixion, and resurrection. So the olive oil, which is derived from the olive tree, which, like the vine tree and the fig tree, is a type of Christ, the oil signifies the spirit of Christ. So the lamp itself is gold. That doesn't illuminate. I mean, it it can kind of glow, but I mean, it doesn't produce light itself. The wick, representing the humanity of Jesus, is what burns. But the wick has to be saturated with the oil. And mentioning this brings us to the answer to your second question. How do we get it? The wick was saturated, soaked with oil. In our experience, we need to be filled, saturated, soaked inwardly with the Spirit of Christ. When this is the case, we don't simply have the oil poured upon us, but we have the oil constituted into us. And so we are one with the Lord, and we enjoy the humanity of Jesus as the wick, and this wick, this humanity, is saturated with the Spirit. So if there is to be light in the meeting... There needs to be the oil saturating the wick. We need to be spirit-soaked and saturated believers so that when we come together in the tent of meeting, in the church meeting, with the priestly garments and with all the aspects of the golden lampstand, because we have the oil, then what we say, what we do, will cause the light to shine in the house of God. When we were looking in more detail at the holy place and the holy of holies, we had a couple messages, if I recall, about the light. And of course, the lampstand provided the light in the holy place. And that's what we've really focused on so far. There's another kind of light that exists in the holy of holies. And we're going to touch that just briefly in this last section today. Our gathering is the holy place. You're not the holy of holies. Why? Because some veil is still here. Yet, behind the veil is the ark with the law, which is called the testimony. Before the testimony, that means what? Before the law, which is in the ark. We are in the holy place, meeting together to light the Lamb, to cause the light to ascend, though we're still not in the Holy of Holies, yet we have the expectation. We have the expectation to stab in. 
Whenever we come together, we meet in the sanctuary of God. Even though we are still not in the Holy Holies, we let the lamp, we cause the light ascending before the testimony with the expectation that we'll be there in the Holy of Holies. Then we have the second glory to replace the light we caused to rise up. This is to light the lamps with the qualification of the priesthood with its Christ expression. We need such a qualification. Then we are right before the testimony. And that is what we expect to enter in. You know, gathering, we should light the lamps to cause the divine light to shine, that the darkness may vanish. Then we will all be brought into light with the expectation that we will step in to the Holy of Holies, where God's testimony is. Well, Ron, of course the holy place with the lampstand was not the center or most crucial portion of the tabernacle. That's reserved for the Holy of Holies. As a kind of a portrait of our corporate experience of Christ, what does the progression from the holy place into the Holy of Holies signify as regards our meeting together with other believers? When we come together in the church meetings, actually and practically, most of us, and for the most part, are in the holy place. But we're close to the Holy of Holies, and the direction of the Spirit's leading is toward the Holy of Holies. And the light in the Holy of Holies is the light of God himself, the Shekinah glory. But practically speaking, we come together in the holy place. And in this holy place is the lampstand with its light. When we are under the shining of this light, two things happen. At least in my presentation in this fellowship, first is we can recognize all the furniture there the table with the bread to nourish us and the incense altar for our prayer and, and the lampstand. So we have a clear view of certain aspects of Christ for our experience. But even more important, the light that's shining from the lampstand is directing us to and even into the Holy of Holies. And when we are in the Holy of Holies, Really, the light of the lampstand is swallowed up, we may say, by the light which is God himself. I mean, we are in God as light. We are in light as the expression of God's being. But in our actual meeting together, through Christ, we enter the holy place. We experience the shining of the lamp. That shining points certain aspects of Christ, and that shining directs us into the holy of holies, which when we enter, we experience another kind of light. We experience God himself as light. So although we may begin our meeting in the holy place, the goal of God in his economy and in his full salvation is that we would enter into, remain 
and actually even become the Holy of Holies to be the ultimate glorious expression of the triune God in Christ. That's our direction, and that's our destination, but to get there, we need a lot of light from the lamp in the holy place. And thank the Lord, through a message such as this, we're receiving this light. This is a message that is very much a kind of a roadmap. Some of the things we've touched, maybe not all of the ones listening, maybe not all of the ones in this room, have a lot of experience in the fulfillment of these things. But we have a marvelous picture laid out before us of God's, as you said, destination and what he's pointing us to. Tremendous. Chris, praise and thank the Lord for what we haven't experienced yet, for what's ahead of us. We should all be incited by the Lord who is interceding for us to go on and to come forward into realms beyond anything we ever thought possible, but which are our inheritance in Christ our Redeemer. Hmm. I really enjoyed our time together, Ron. Thank you very much. You're welcome. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.